I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we chat about spirituality and witchcraft in a modern context. My name is Reverend Rian Lockard, and I am the head witch here at Moonstone Witchery. I am super happy to have you listening and joining me here today. You can find me on my website, um, moonstonewitchery.com. I have lots of cool products, and my awesome partner has just revamped it, so you can also book intuitive readings. Um e-readings and sessions, life coaching sessions and things like that over there. You can also sign up for our witchy subscription box. We give you a complete set of items every month to perform a spell that I tell you how to do and then you get an altar cloth and items that can stay on your altar, just magical items in general that you can keep and use beyond the work for that month. And we have our crystal of the month um, subscription over there too. You get a crystal delivered right to your door every month and we hand choose these crystals from a really amazing supplier that we know. That's awesome. And there's a bunch of like um, crystal bags and enchanted items over on the website. So check us out. And you always can find me with my memes and general chaos and wildness over on Instagram at moonstone underscore witchery, where we have a lot of fun. And the last thing I'll tell you about before I get into the meat of this episode is that I did finally start a Facebook group. It's still in its little baby phase right now. I haven't really been promoting it much other than here. But we are talking all about all kinds of cool things, candle making, new moon rituals, how to create spells and stuff like that over in that group on Facebook. And this is simply called Moonstone Witchery. So do a quick search and um, add yourself to that group. I would love to, to get to know you more. Okay, so I made a poll in said witchy group, actually, that was, I mean, I guess it's not really a poll if it's an open-ended question, but I posted a post that was like, what do y'all want me to talk about on upcoming podcasts? And I got some cool responses. Um, one of which I'm going to talk about today. And you know what? And I might do two podcasts. I might record two today if I have time. But this first one is all about woke witches. And I want to talk about like woke witches and the concept of being like woke in general and kind of spiritual gatekeeping um, in this podcast episode because this is a real thing. It's kind of icky and gross. So like put on your hazmat suit for listening purposes, I suppose. But it's just this idea of the fact that there's a hierarchy in spirituality and there's like competing levels of wokeness and things of that nature. So we're going to chat about that because this is one of my pet peeves, but it's also kind of, um, I feel like it's kind of a red flag. You know, a lot of my work is all about 
red flags and red flagginess in general. Um, in my one of my alternate lives as a multi-certified life coach in private practice, I work extensively with people who are in toxic relationships or like um, abusive relationship dynamics, um, whether that's with a partner, a family member, um, yourself, in whatever capacity toxic relationship might show up. And red flags are a huge part of those conversations, of course. And I just want to say that, you know, we can be, we can and are being abused by the society in general, by institutions, by belief systems, by, you know, generalized norms that run our culture. Um, Our culture is chock-a-block full of red flags over here, you know, where we have a lot of like misogyny or homophobia or ableism or just a bunch of icky, ictastic stuff going on in the world. And one of those things that is a sneaky red flag or a sneaky abuse dynamic that sort of exists in the in the world around us, the atmosphere around us, is um, in the spiritual communities. Now, I don't know if you have a lot of experience with this like I do, but... Um, I've been very active in a variety of spiritual communities for, I guess, like all of my adult life because I've always been really called to a spiritual path and a spiritual profession, um, which is why I sought out my um, ordination in um, interfaith studies. And so why am I talking about this? Well, so many reasons, but one of them is that, you know what I don't like about gatekeeping and and these extra woke people is that it it diminishes the light of others. Um, Somebody saying that they are better than XYZ or that they are more than XYZ is just so gross to me that I am immediately off put and shut down when I encounter it happening. Um, I've done enough self-work to the point that when I hear someone speaking in language that is very hierarchical, I'm able to be like, oh, okay, that's all you. And I shut that down and walk away. It doesn't any longer have this insidious like impact on me where I internalize it and feel lesser than or feel dismantled by it. But <clears throat> I do remember a time in my life when it did have that impact on me. And I could feel absolutely shut down or outcasted by someone with a holier-than-thou attitude. And I don't like that for myself, obviously, but I really don't like that for others because I am aware at this stage in my evolution and my growth and my <clears throat> my process within myself and all the, the studies I've done and you know, um, certifications, et cetera, that I may or may not have acquired. Like, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is all of those things have led me to understand what bullshit it all is. Excuse my language. Sorry if you are listening with children. But honestly, the, the more work I do, the more spirituality I study, the more, quote, enlightened I may or may not become, the more I find out that all of that is just some absolute BS. Like, full stop. Like there's no, there's no hierarchy. There's no better than, there's no more knowledgeable than. And anybody who is asserting that they are some kind of like guru or some kind of like enlightened creature or some kind of amazing mystic on the mountaintop or whatever the case may be, they are blinded by their own light and buying into their own BS like way too hard. 
like for real. And so I'm going to share some examples and I'm going to just talk a little bit about this. Okay. Right now in the world, the world is like on fire. (laughs) Everything is chaos and craziness, as we all know. Um, There's a lot of like woke policing happening. Now, I don't know if you run in these circles, but I spent a long time as a political activist and very verbal and vocal. You know, there wasn't like a protest I wasn't at. There wasn't like a sign that I didn't have in my hand. Um, I would use my platform as an interfaith minister to speak at vigils or rallies or things of that nature to try to um, call people to action from a place of moral obligation and like spiritual belief because something gets me madder than like the love and light only brigade like the people who are like this is a different form of toxicity but the people who are like oh everything's just love and light and there's like a meaning for everything and there's a purpose for everything so like we should just let things happen and let people evolve in their own way and in some capacity okay I guess you know like it's not anyone's responsibility it's not my responsibility to like evolve somebody else like I I literally can't do that however it is my responsibility to not allow complacency to exist in the face of like hatred and violence and abuse structures right and because we are in this you know abusive dynamic with our actual culture and governing system of like the world complacency doesn't really have room there there's just not a space for it so my whole like theory thesis statement whatever like the whole thing the whole way I'm coming at this is to say like if you are a spiritual person okay if you are somebody who believes themselves to be spiritually connected and has done self-work and is like here to participate in you know elevating the energy of the world at whole then you're not allowed to be complacent in that you're just completely not, right? If you are saying you're a spiritual person based in love and in light and in all that beautiful energy and you allow there to be unchecked like racism or homophobia or unchecked hatred, abuse, inappropriate behaviors, you know, sexual abuse, any kind of anything – even misogyny, even like patriotism, not patriotism, although yes, <laughs> but I mean, patriarchy, you know, infrastructures or in, in your immediate sphere, if you're allowing these things to exist around you, you are not as spiritual as you think you are. Like you are not as enlightened as you believe yourself to be. Um, I'm going to reference back to my last podcast episode where I talked about how my chiropractor said she was watching a video of some guy like making like Nostradamus types of predictions about the world on the whole and how he had said that he was like born ascended to level 16 and she had asked me what that meant and I was like I have absolutely no idea like I don't know what level 16 is but like if you are sitting there in your house like with your like racist dad and he's allowed to say whatever he wants and you don't ever call him out then you are not at level 16 <laughs> like or maybe you are maybe that's what like level 16 is what I'm saying to you is like There has to be an element, okay, and please hear me on this. There has to be an element of walking your talk when it comes to your spiritual work. So if you're going to say, like, I am here for love and I am here for, like, enlightenment and I am here for, like, everybody is one and unity consciousness, and that's the thing that really gets me about these people. It's like, 
they're all like, we are all one. We are all, you know, part of unity consciousness and you are me and I am you and I am the creator and you are the creator and we are all just one in this beautiful bubble. Then I want to be like, how can you tolerate anybody being treated as lesser than if that's the case? You know, like, hello, like knock, knock, knock. Is anybody home? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you tolerating that? And is your self-advocacy so low that you're going to tolerate people treating you as lesser than? Um, because if you're tolerating it in yourself and then if you're tolerating it in others, you must be tolerating it in yourself if we're all one, right? So it's like, where are you walking your talk? Where are you actually like putting your feet on the pavement and doing the actual work when it comes to holding the world around you, your immediate sphere around you accountable. And, you know, when I got really depressed, when um, the current administration got into office, I was talking to my guides and I was like, what in the actual F is happening right now? <laughs> right? Like, um, And then it was like, I said to them, like, why does everything feel hopeless? I'm out here advocating. I'm using my um, profession as leverage to try to like make a difference. I feel like I'm just yelling into the void, you know, and they said a couple things to me that I'll share with you. My guides told me like, you can't watch the void change because the nature of the void is that it's like trapping the light within it. But once it gets enough light in there, it does begin to shift. So they were very much like, don't forget to have faith. Don't forget to believe that what you're doing makes a difference, whether you can see it or not. Okay. And that's always hard for me. Um, Faith, surprisingly, is a challenge for me, which is always, that always throws people off. But when I explain it this way, it kind of makes more sense where I'm like, imagine that you have always known that like the other side is there and you've always been able to talk to them and you've always had this like immense knowing about people and situations. You don't have to work your faith muscle very much because you just have a knowing and that's been my whole life experience. So faith is a challenge for me because it's like, wait a minute, I don't just know without a shadow of a doubt what's happening here. And they're like, no, you have to just trust. And I'm like, but I've never really had to do that because I always had you guys like telling me everything was going to be okay or telling me what to expect next. So they're saying, have faith that the things you're doing do make a difference, even if you can't see them. And they gave me some analogy that was like, when you eat healthy, you can't see the vitamins like helping your body get better, but you know that it does. I was like, thanks, guys. Like, you know, like I'm going to order a pizza anyway. But my second point, which I think I might have been losing track of in this like rambling, like tangent that I've gone on here. But they said, um, so you have to have faith. But also they said that the way that you change the world, because this was my thing. I was like, I want to change the world. I don't want the world to be like this. If I had to incarnate here at this time, like better be for a reason. Like, what are y'all doing up there? And then I was very like, um, I want to change this world, like, but the world doesn't seem to be changing. And they said to me, and this is stuck with me, and this is what I want to share with you. They said to me, the world changes when you change your own world. Okay, so what does that mean? The world changes when you change your own world means like every one of us is responsible for the for our mini worlds. Like we all have our own little mini world. Like I was talking um, with someone not too long ago and we were having this conversation where it was like we were in traffic and it was like, oh my God, do you realize that each person in every car around us, and this was like traffic, like wall to wall, bumper to bumper, I guess. I guess it's not wall to wall, but it's bumper to bumper traffic 
I was like, every single car has a person inside and every single person has a life as rich as our own lives. Like each of those people like has their best friend or has their mom and dad or has like their siblings and maybe there's drama with some of those people or there's like love with some of those people or there's like whole stories with each of those people. And each car contains this person and each person in each car contains this whole vibrant like world and it's like almost mind-blowing when you look at a sea of cars and you realize that each one of them is so rich and full of so much just like your own life is that it's like almost hard for your brain to really comprehend that but it's and yet somehow it's true it's that paradox that I'm always obsessed with like all of life is a paradox and I'll have to do a future episode on that but what I'm saying is it's like, it seems impossible, right? It seems like the most possible thing, of course, obviously, like, duh, Rianne, of course, that's what's going on. But at the same time, it's like, but how can each person's world be so bursting with so much and yet it all be contained here? And that's why they said to me, you change the world by changing your world. And so they don't necessarily, although partially, they don't necessarily just mean like change your world, like get rid of toxic people and bring in positive people. Although, oh my God, please do that. Like, yes, definitely do that. Like, let's get rid of all the toxic people and let's just only bring in people that uplift us and make our lives better because why the F would we ever do anything else? Okay, first of all. But second of all, they also mean like, make your immediate world match your belief system. And if each of us was to do that, If each of us was to dedicate ourselves to taking no shit when it comes to our own world, right? Because that's like a fundamentally witchy thing. There's something like a sentence like that. It's like, oh, it's do no harm, but take no shit. That's one of the like perceived Wiccan creeds. And it's it's like been manipulated it's not like exactly how it was written in like the the wicca manual um but what i'm saying is it's like do no harm but take no shit so the point is it's like when you craft your specific world to match your specific value system or like what you believe to be the overarching like kind of direction that humanity is going in on the whole and for me humanity is heading hopefully and most of us many of us like millennials and younger are at least trying to craft this realm, this world, this existence that is like non-binary in a lot of ways, not just with gender, but yes, with gender, but it's like inclusive. It's, It's not heteronormative. It is not patriarchal. It is non-binary. It is not burdened by all these like shoulds. There's no racism allowed. Like we're not going to be like judgy AF. Like we're trying to just get rid of the bullshit so we can kind of get to actual work here, which is like, can we create like a sustainable world where everyone is fed and clothed and sheltered, like fundamentally, hello. And then also, can we create like a sustainable world where people actually get to just be like happy and like alive and doing what lights their their hearts and souls up rather than like creating some crazy classist society where people are struggling just to exist or where cancer can bankrupt a family and make them lose their house or where people are having to enter into some competitive career system 
in which ultimately it amounts to just like meetings and pushing papers around a desk to get see how much money you can acquire when at the end of the day, maybe like all you're doing is living for two weeks a year where you can go sit by the lake and go fishing or something. You know, like how is this like what our life structures are about? And I understand that I'm kind of like off again. But what I'm trying to say is like if you believe that each person here has an innate contribution to make to the world and that that innate contribution like lives inside their souls and just sparkles there asking to be breathed into life and that in order for them to breathe that innate contribution into life, they have to like dig through all these barriers such as their like gender identity or their sexual orientation or their class or their race or their whatever just to be who they're supposed to be. If you think that's kind of like messed up and like wouldn't it be nice if we could eliminate all these structures that make it so hard for people to just be okay, then like what your guides or my guides at least are asking us to do is to just start at home, like start where we're at. And like when we hear someone say something that's like, reinforcing paradigms that are designed to keep people trapped and pushed down that we just say, hey, maybe you just don't want to reinforce that paradigm. Like if every single time someone around us was super problematic in some way or another, if we could like gently point that out to them, can you imagine how different the world would be? Now, I'm not crazy and delusional here, and I'm trying to eliminate the word crazy from my language. So if you hear me say it, please know I've already heard myself and I'm like, oh, whoops, I don't want to say that because it's like another problematic phrase. But I'm not delusional, right? Like I don't think that everyone is going to receive us with like a bouquet of roses and be like, thank you so much for pointing out my like racism. Like I understand how this goes. Okay. Like I, I, I know, trust me, I've spent probably years of my life arguing with people on the internet, which is really just like has pros and cons to it, but mostly cons. Um, I know that it's not always going to go that way. But what I also know is that like sometimes when we're standing up for what we believe in or when we're approaching someone Number one, we can do this with kindness and compassion. It doesn't have to be this big, scary, dramatic thing. We can just go, oh, I don't really see it that way, though, Dad. Like, I just think that everybody has the right to be seen for who they are rather than what they are. Like, it could be like a super simple little comment. But I also know that, like, number one, so it doesn't have to be, like, combative. But number two, um, Sometimes we're ha- we're making those statements not because we actually are going to get anywhere with the person we're talking to, but because someone else is listening and we can get through to that person. See, sometimes I'll argue with people on the internet now, and I know there's no point in me engaging with the person I'm arguing with, but they are certainly going to dig themselves into a pretty little hole. But I will argue simply for the fact that I know someone else is reading that and they need to know that there is a person that exists in this world who will stand up for them and advocate for them on their behalf when they can't do it. And I think that's just as valuable, if not more so, than actually trying to convince the person themselves that they're wrong. So when my guide said, the world changes when you change your world, what they meant was like, are you demanding that your immediate sphere does its best to rise to the occasion? Are you demanding and leading by example and teaching through your actions and your words how to be in this world? Like, are you showing up as the world that you want to live in? And like, that's a lot. 
And my answer is like mostly, yeah, like I'm probably at 90 something percent. But also you got to realize that this is my whole career. My entire career is like witchcraft, spirituality, life coaching, ministering. Like that's my whole career. So I am in a special position where I can show up like that all the time. You don't have to be perfect in order to make a difference. And that's why they said to me, like, you might not see the void shifting, but the void is changing whether you see it or not. Like, I'm not the only one here that needs to know what's going on. They're just like, keep contributing. It makes a difference. And so that's what I'm trying to share with you. Like, keep contributing. It makes a difference. But so... I want to go back a little bit further, though. How do we know what we're contributing to? How do we know what we believe in? How do we know what energy we want to bring to things? Well, this is why I say witchcraft is self-work. And this this is all very connected to witchcraft because when we are trying to figure out, like, how to do a spell or perform a ritual or connect to our guides or do anything spiritual, we have to say to ourselves, like, well, what am I calling forth? What energy field am I in right now? What energy field do I want to be in? What am I creating? What am I calling forth? And that requires a lot of introspection and self-reflection because if you can get out of your own way enough to bypass your initial impulse to perhaps do some kind of shady magic on someone and instead do some kind of like magic that gets to the root of actual love or actual like goodness, then you've done a lot of self-work. A lot of people will want to like hex somebody or like banish them from their life or whatever over minor like super small things. And what I want to say is like, what's going on within you (laughs) that you're kind of like ready to punish another person for their own behaviors when you might not understand necessarily where they're coming from or what's going on? Are you able to just bless yourself instead to get yourself out of it? Are you able to love yourself enough to bless yourself instead of being punitive towards others? Because any kind of action that we take against another person is really ultimately born and bred from our own ego. And this is where I circle back around to the conversation about like woke witches, like outwoking people or like woke people in general. So let's define our terms. Um, gatekeeping is the act of standing at the door, standing at the gate and saying who is and who is not allowed admission into your secret club, right? And so gatekeeping exists within all marginalized groups. Um, it's just this weird byproduct of being part of a marginalized group. It's like, it's almost like, are you marginalized enough to be like in the cool kids club? And this happens when people in such a marginalized group are have such a chip on their shoulder and are fundamentally honestly they're just so hurt and shut down because of how the world has treated them that they bring that energy to what they're doing it's sad it's unfortunate um it's something that we have to teach our children not to do even it's like you know if you've ever been with children and and one of them will go well he hit me so i hit him back the thing i always say to children in that situation is if you didn't like him hitting you why would you do that back to him you're just being the same as him right? But this is hard. This is a hard concept. And so some people are like, well, if you're going to marginalize me, then I'm going to marginalize you. Or they just unconsciously bring that energy with them. And so then there's gatekeeping where they're like, ultimately, by the way, this comes from a scarcity mentality. I will talk forever about a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mentality, mentality. And if you can kind of get right with yourself and determine whether you live in a scarcity mentality or an abundance mentality, your life will shift dramatically. Scarcity mentality tells us there's not enough of blank anything. There's not enough love. There's not enough money. There's not enough, 
I don't know, trust, there's not enough, whatever it is. There's there's only a certain amount and I have to hoard it. So people who have a scarcity mentality are very conditional with their love. Um, they are very, it's hard to persuade them to have generosity in a lot of situations. Somebody with a scarcity mentality might be very generous in one area, but very like stingy in another. So they maybe they'll be giving with their finances, but they'll be like completely miserly with their love. So it's something for you to pay attention to. But ask yourself this, like if you fundamentally feel like there's enough or if you're fundamentally afraid that there's not. And so any kind of gatekeeping comes from like a scarcity mentality where it's like, well, we don't want anybody to be able to be in this group because we're marginalized. Now, the very nature of it is that, yeah, that you are marginalized. And so there is a lesser number of you all. But anybody who feels marginalized is marginalized. There's no there's no justify justification for whether or not somebody feels marginalized. If they feel marginalized, it's my opinion, like. Like they belong. I don't care what other credentials they bring to the table. If you're feeling like an outcast from something, then come be with the other outcasts. Like outcasts who are outcasting other outcasts is like just like some type of mind fuck for me. Like what are we doing here? I am very anti-gatekeeping. I find it really problematic. Um, there's gatekeeping in the LGBTQ community as well um, and across like a, on many levels, actually. Um, the older gays that I know are very like <clears throat> judgy about like pronouns and like all the different variations of self-identifying like like pansexual or bisexual versus like lesbian versus gay versus like, you know, um, asexual, whatever. There, there's a lot. Of, they're like, why do we need so many labels? Like, it's just too much. Like, everybody's getting hyper fixated on labels. I understand. Um, but labels are helpful for some and then they're not helpful for others and there's room for both, right? See, there's the abundance mentality. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, if it helps you, cool. If it doesn't help you, cool. Like, we're all fine here. But once you start judging it and being like talking down about it, that's ego. And that's something getting triggered within you where perhaps you were envious that you didn't have that many options at one point. So you didn't get to really learn yourself on that level. And so instead of like saying, oh, I wish I had had that chance and I'm going to take it now, you turn around and judge other people who have that chance and are taking advantage of it. It's a very common reaction. But I just wish people could be a little more introspective with themselves and say like, if I'm having the impulse to judge um, what does that mean about me within myself and how am I judging myself and withholding from myself? Because usually when we're judging someone else, it's because they have what we've been withholding from ourselves, And then we feel all messed up by that. When in reality, we could just say, what do I need to do to give to myself what I've been withholding from myself that this other person has, you know? So when someone's gatekeeping, they're saying, you don't deserve to be in here or you're not good enough, or you can come in, but you have to sit with the other like newbies or whatever it is. And I just, I just am not into it. I'm really just not. Um, so there's like gatekeeping in the witchcraft community where a lot of witches are like buying what they're selling and they believe their own ego and they are very much like I'm somebody will just dub themselves a high priestess of something or another or somebody. Uh, my favorite is like all these white shamans that are everywhere. And I get a lot of backlash for this comment that I'm going to make anyway, um, especially in the local spiritual communities of which I am a part, because um, I keep being like, you can't be a shaman. Like <laughs> it's appropriative. It's appropriation because there are certain religions in the world who believe in shamanism and shamanism for them is a, is a religious 
word. So that would be like me walking around being like, yeah, I'm a Catholic priest. And it's like, no, you're not, though. Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I could say, like, I'm I'm devoutly Catholic. I'm not saying that because that is not true. But I could say I am a devout Catholic. That would be more accurate than me just, like, grabbing the title Catholic priest, which, by the way, I don't know why anyone would want that title at this point, really. But, you know, whatever. Grabbing the title of Catholic priest and, like, putting on the little collar and being like, yo, hey, like Catholic priest in the house. Like, and everyone be like, but you're not. You're clearly, there's so many reasons why you're not a Catholic priest. And I could just like make a website that says like, I'm your Catholic priest. Like come to me for like all priestly encounters or whatever. I mean, now it's starting to sound like an illicit website. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. But what my point here is, is like, that's what y'all are doing when you're calling yourself a shaman. It's just that you don't know you're doing that because guess what? We don't live in the area where like shamans are a predominantly religious like title that many people have. And so how did I get here? What am I talking about? (laughs) Um, My point is like, you can give yourself whatever titles you want, but ultimately titles are just words. I mean, Again, as with labels, like they're helpful until they're not. A title is helpful for you to understand how to receive the information you're giving, you're being given to, like you're being given from somebody else. Okay. So in that case, right, titles are helpful. So when I say to you, I'm a psychic intuitive medium and I'm a multi-certified life coach and um, whatever my other thing is, I um, interfaith minister. I have to like, y'all, when, whenever I make a recording for you, I have to like remind myself of what my titles are because I know it's important. I know it helps everybody understand where I'm coming from and like the foundation of which I like build upon, like where my opinions are formulated and like the, the learning that I've had. But at the same time, whenever anyone asks me to speak and they ask me to write a bio, I never really include my titles and I don't ever sign my work like Reverend Rian Lockard, but you'll notice at the beginning of this podcast, I introduces myself with it, and that was intentional. I don't do that because to me, I'm just like, who ca- Like, who ca- actually cares? Because it, nothing about me is going to be transferred just by my title. You're going to know all about me by interacting with me. And sometimes I, you do need to hear what my title is so you can understand how to receive the, the learning that I'm giving you. And if I'm working in a professional capacity, I, okay, it makes a difference. But... <clears throat> Ultimately, what it's going to come down to is like, do I show up in the way that resonates with you based on what your expectations are, you know, birthed out of that titles that I've been given? So what am I talking about? Why am I talking about this? Well, I was recently sent a message from a girl um, who is awesome, by the way, in my um, Instagram, and she's been like trying to share this podcast with people and her post got taken down because um, the lady running the group (laughs) was like, well, I don't like having other mediums stuff being showcased here. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like the high priestess here and nobody else is. And, you know, I was like, all right, well, cool. Thanks for trying. Like, didn't bother me, but I mean, I get it. But at the same time, this girl was upset by it because she was like, this just feels like a lot of ego though. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, this kind of stuff always comes from ego because it's a scarcity mentality because it's like there's fear that there's not enough. Um, when I was in college, I was a creative writing major and I had this really great job where I got to teach writing to children. And um, one of my mentors, um, he's actually this awesome writer named Jonathan Mayberry. You might have known some of his work. He's like a 
New York Times bestseller, awesome person, super cool. But he taught me this. He said, never worry about competition with your writing because people don't read just one book. So if there's an audience out there that is like consuming what what that like consuming products that are similar to what you're going to put out, they're going to consume your product too. There is enough for everybody. And he subtly laid that foundation for me of just having this understanding that there's enough for everybody and ego doesn't really have a place there. So when you encounter people who are like, well, my witchcraft is superior because of this and this, or when they are talking down to you or having this very authoritative point of view based out of their spiritual evolution or themselves being like up on some ledge that they have likely put themselves up on or where they've like bestowed upon themselves some kind of title and they're using it a lot or they're using it in a way to kind of keep out others thoughts or keep out others opinions or keep out others perspectives and they're not open and they're not saying tell me what you guys think about this or tell me how you do this or tell me how you do that or like What are your guys' opinions? And they're not actually there to receive, but they're only there to talk at you. I want you to understand that that's kind of red flaggy, right? Like that's kind of like not the best. See, the way I approach spirituality is I dive in. It is this endless like sea and I like it to be like a glittery, really like pretty sea because that's just my aesthetic, but... There's mermaids and like starfish and there's like these, what are those guys called? Seahorses. There's little seahorses there and like pretty conch shells like in Moana and like this is like a glittery sea that I'm in and it's so pretty. But my pretty sea that I dove into, it's infinite, okay? And I'm, but yet I'm choosing to swim it anyway and that sea for me is called spirituality, Um, like self-work. It's called like the immense world of witchcraft, the vast empire of spiritual self-work and spiritual guidance. Um, You know, it's called the endless sea of philosophy. There's so much happening in this big, beautiful sea that I have dove into it knowing I can never swim the whole thing and yet doing it anyway because... It's all I want to surround myself in is this pretty, warm, glittery, mermaid, seahorse, starfish, seashell sea, right? Like who doesn't want to be there? But for me to say, I'm queen of this sea. I know everything. If you want to enter the sea, like you must answer my questions correctly. Or if you want to enter the sea, you have to only do it if you're going to follow me because I know all of it. Well, number one, inaccurate. None of us know all of it. It's literally impossible. But number two, like, do you really want the burden of leading people into the depths of this sea when you yourself know that you haven't actually figured all of it out? And now you're like jeopardizing others. I would much rather be swimming in the sea with people. And if you all like how I'm doing a certain thing, I am happy to teach it to you. And I'm also going to observe how you are doing things because we are all in this together. I simply do not believe that there are some people who are just like better than other people or more knowledgeable or deeper or whatever. I really simply believe that there are those of us who have done some work to allow ourselves to exist more easily within ourselves, um, to just kind of love ourselves more and to trust ourselves more and to be with ourselves more authentically. Um, And for those of us who've done that work, it's just a little bit 
easier for us to allow everything to happen than it is for people who are still fighting to get through all the conditioning that's been put upon them and the abuse and the trauma and the the just BS of existing. Um, but that doesn't make anybody better than anybody else. Any of us who have learned how to like have compassion for ourselves must therefore extend compassion to others as much as possible until we are all at that same place where we can feel that compassion and that love. And so the way this comes up a lot on the internet or wherever is like through this gatekeeping, like outwoking of each other thing that I just am like so not into where it's like, like I had a white lady yelling at me for not being like proactive enough because I wasn't doing what she thought I should be doing in regards to protesting and things like that. Um, And fundamentally it bewilders me because we're all on the same team here. Like this lady was a, a, is a huge advocate for like equal rights, black lives matter, all of that stuff. I am a huge advocate for equal rights and black lives matter as well, but she was just, so in her judgment of me because literally because I couldn't go to one protest on one day that she was going to and she thought that I should go there. Now, full disclosure, this girl and I used to be in a relationship, so she's got other drama happening. But my point here is like, how are you going to outwoke me when like I am trying in my own way and there are many ways that we can all contribute when you when you are judging someone else for not doing something the same way you you would do it, it's kind of a really big problem because it doesn't mean they're not doing anything. And so whenever I find that I'm judging my myself or I'm judging someone else, I ask myself like in what ways am I in what ways am I like being cruel to myself? In what ways does this speak to my self work? In what ways is this actually dredging up like what I need to be doing better, you know? And so if you encounter any kind of spiritual group or any kind of spiritual person or a page or a website or a book or a document or something that is making you feel less than, is making you feel not good enough, it's making you feel like not woke enough or not spiritual enough or like whatever, I want you to just remind yourself that there is enough of everything to go around and you are not lesser than, you are not like... (laughs) anything that is negative. You are learning, you are on your path, and anyone who's gonna tell you that they are better than you, I want you to not believe them because of the fact that they told you that. Because to me, that means they're what they're doing is they're advertising that they actually don't get it yet. They actually don't get it. Anyone who's spiritual and is willing to call themselves a guru doesn't actually get it, because that's not, that's not legit. When you are at that level, you don't want those titles because you understand how meaningless they are. And you actually understand like, no, whoa, I actually don't know anything. I'm just like ambling through with the best attitude I can. And fundamentally, that's all it is. Um, So please don't allow gatekeeping to prevent you from embracing yourself I don't want you to compare yourself to any other witch or any other spiritualist or any other psychic or any other anybody. 
comparison, there's that old quote that says, comparison is the thief of joy. And that is so true. I don't want you to compare yourself to anyone but yourself, if anything. And I only want you comparing yourself to yourself if you're doing it in a way that is designed to empower yourself. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is, I want you to compare yourself to yourself by saying, a year ago, I never would have been brave enough to do this. Look how far I've come. And then to get to be proud of yourself for a hot second, because there's not enough of that happening in the world. I want you to be able to look at yourself and to see yourself with like absolute adoration and just love. And I want you to cherish yourself the way that your guides and your guardian angels look at you. And I want you to know that you belong in any circle that you choose to be in. You don't have to earn your way there. Okay. You don't have to like validate your existence. You are valid just because you exist. And there's nobody who can tell you that you're not good enough. And I just want you to keep learning. The biggest question I get asked, and this is actually what the next podcast is about. Um, Hopefully I'll get a chance to record it, but maybe not today. Um, The biggest question I get asked is by baby witches who are telling me like, where do I start though? And I always say the same thing and I'm gonna say it here and we'll chat about it a little bit more in, in greater detail, okay, next time, but you start just by beginning, right? Like, so like, I feel like I'm talking in riddles, like I'm like the Sphinx or something, but truly like you start by beginning. You start by acknowledging that you wanna start and then you just do it. I want you to like, let yourself have permission to explore whatever it is that you're interested in. Gatekeeping or not, you are welcome in all spaces. And if you encounter a space that you're not welcome in, that's a space you do not wanna be in because they don't get it yet. And you do. And I know you do because you just listened to this podcast and you totally nodded your head and were like, yeah, right, that makes so much sense. And so we are all on the same page. So if you find a space that you don't fit into, Oh my God, well, that's a blessing because they don't actually get it and they're actually preaching and teaching ego more than they are inclusivity and abundance and that is a dead-ed road. Abundance is the path towards freedom and openness and infinite possibilities. Scarcity is a road to nothing but like fear and pain and sadness and more loneliness and it can masquerade. It has many faces, but scarcity will always lead you to like a lonely, empty place. And abundance will always bring you connection and love and fulfillment and self-actualization. So try to remember that as you navigate this world of spiritual growth and development and try to be as abundant as you can with yourself and with everyone you encounter. And that doesn't look like always being nice. What it looks like is holding others accountable with space for their own humanity. It looks like standing up for what you believe in while extending compassion for someone to have not already been there. It looks like demanding that the world meets you where you're at or rises to the occasion, doesn't get away with BS anymore, but also doing so in a way that allows there to be room for humanity and for people to be people and for people to learn and have flaws and to show up and to try their best, but to maybe not always be perfect, but Abundance requires that we have room for all of that. We have room for growth because if there's growth, that means there's there's 
fault and error, but there's growth too. So it's beautiful. And we have room for people to make mistakes, but if there's mistakes, that means they're trying and that's great. And we have room to call people into accountability in a really loving way that leaves room for them to figure it out for themselves without perpetuating more negativity. That's what abundance offers us and that's what abundance gives us and that is how we change the world by changing our own world and that is how we eliminate gatekeeping and we stop worrying about who's more woke than who and we just show up living the life that we want the world to be in and like vibrating at the frequency that we want everyone to join us at because we know that there is enough. So thank you for listening to this. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you subscribe to my podcast, go on over to Instagram and let me know and I'll give you a follow back because I love that and I like to see what's going on in the news feeds of everybody that um, I'm following. So thank you again for listening. Find me over on moonstonewitchery.com or on Instagram at moonstone underscore witchery. Join me in the Facebook group, Moonstone Witchery, and I am looking forward to talking to you next time. Lots of love.